Greetings in Jesus' name. This is Pastor Sean, and you're listening to The Intersection, not your normal fluffy Christian show. Uh, happy opening day to all of you hunters out there. Um, I know it was last Sunday, but it's the first time you're hearing it from me. Um, and we love our beautiful hunting here in Michigan, um, part of the fabric of our traditions of being American. Um, so wanted to chat with you today about something, you know, we, we keep hearing all of this democracy, democracy. We hear about the the uh, supposed dangers to our democracy from, of course, the MAGA movement is who they they imply is the danger to our democracy. And, you know, they, of course, you remember when uh, Donald Trump made a phone call to Ukraine and he simply had mentioned, hey, you might want to look into some of this shady stuff Joe Biden's doing in your country. And, of course, they nailed him and and uh, accused him of doing election interference because he was investigating or insinuating that his rivals should be investigated. And the funny, the funny thing about the, I mean, the hypocrisy is so, so insane. You can't even think about it without almost losing your mind. And you just have to say, give it to Jesus. And you just have to laugh. But, you know, now we have all these open investigations into Donald Trump. And of course, that's not election interference. So the dangers to democracy. Now we've heard this word and then it was, it was uh, initially, initially it was used against Donald Trump when he won the 2016, and that's that the election was rigged or stolen. It was stolen. And of course, Barack Obama had told us how you can't even rig an election. It's impossible to rig an election. Well, we're going to talk today about ways that the election is being rigged. And we're talking about the 2024, yes, already being rigged. Now, when you hear the word rigged, you think that people are either changing votes or they're rigging the machines. Those those things have all been, those accusations have all gone back and forth on both sides. I remember when Democrats were questioning the validity of machines that they thought could be hacked. Of course, when they win, it's the safest, most secure election ever held in history. Also, you can be uh, hugely arrested, well, you know, arrested or maligned or, or your life undone, um, if you're considered what we call an election denier. And of course, you can only be an election denier if you question if a Democrat wins an election. And if you've got legitimate questions, maybe about some shenanigans in an election, you are now an election denier. But of course, if you question whether or not a Republican, much like Hillary Clinton did when she said that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president installed by Vladimir Putin, how exactly he pulled that off, I don't know. Then, of course, you're operating in your legitimate uh, your legitimate, legitimate civil liberties to question. Um, we should question elections, of course. That's what they say when a Republican wins. We should question elections. We should see what happened. Of course, then if a Democrat wins, somehow it is treason. Treasonous to question. Well, there are many, many ways elections can be rigged. Um, and it doesn't have to do with uh, voter suppression. It doesn't even have to do with... Um, necessarily with voting machines it doesn't have to do with suppressing the vote it doesn't have to do with adding fake votes there's all kinds of ways and um a lot of it has to do with the influences that happen on elections first of all we used to have election on election day with paper ballots and people who voted showed id to prove that's who they are and of course all of those things now are considered ridiculous now we have election month 
We have all kinds of systematic ways of doing elections. We have mail-in ballots now because of COVID. And we have all of these situations in which um, our electoral system, especially um, especially um, in the most recent years, um, due to COVID, um, we've had a huge change in the way our election procedure happens. And um, it's it's uh, some ways uh, some ways very, very unsettling because how do we ever know? Who won the election? How do we know how many votes were cast if we have an election season? An election season. And basically what it does is it gives you the opportunity to find and see how many votes are needed. Now, I'm not even saying the votes aren't necessarily legitimate and it's not legitimate people filling out the paperwork. But there used to be something in this country about voting that it took something called effort. And whoever got their base out, whoever got the most people excited and to show up, were the people who won the election. Well, now, you know, someone can deliver you your ballot, maybe with a bag of weed or, I don't know, or some, some other other kind of goodies. They can deliver it to somebody who maybe normally wouldn't be informed or voting, or, you know, they could give them all kinds of incentives to fill out a ballot a certain way so that a certain candidate could overcome. Well, we're going to talk about ways that elections are getting, are being rigged, specifically with the Democrats. By the way, the Democrats have always been much better at, at this is just true, at political strategy. Much better at political strategy. They see so many steps in advance and they come up with so many opportunistic ways. They use every single, every single tragedy, every single problem. You know, it's part of the uh, it's part of the Marxism that's so entrenched in, in, in the Democrat Party nowadays is that you don't let any um, you don't the the rule Saul Alinsky rules for radicals. You don't let any real uh, situation, any real tragedy, any real situation go to waste. But you use it to bring about political change. Now, those on the conservative side, most of the time, they're looking to actually have less politics, less government. Most people who are conservatives are working, raising families. They don't have time for 24-hour-a-day activism, where those on the Democrat side tend to graduate from their Ivy League universities and go straight to Washington or straight to some straight to some uh, uh, political pact or straight to some organization, straight to some place that is involved in politics. So all the way around, they have the advantage because they literally create full-time jobs, which people get paid to do political activism. Those on the right, we're looking to get less government, less political activism. And I would have to say we're not quite as astute. This is not a criticism. It's just a reality. We're not quite as astute at political strategy. For instance, COVID came running around. COVID, COVID came running. And, and as soon as we heard, as soon as, the, the, as soon as a single case hit America, there were already people on the Democratic side who were saying, hey, we're not going to be able to vote in person. Now, how could you know this 10 months before an election? How could you know we're not going to be able to vote in person? So secretaries of state and Democrat uh, states, even against the in, in, in many states, like in Michigan and other ones, even against because according to according to constitutional law, it is the state. It is the state congression. It's the state uh, congr- congresses, 
that make the election law for that state. And yet, many, many, many of the those those laws were suspended by secretaries of state who felt like they had the the authority, which later many many judges struck down. But it was too late; the election was over. It was too late; the twenty twenty election was over. But many of them violated election laws to go ahead and print up ballots and send them out and to suspend signature verification, to suspend voter ID, to do all kinds of things against their state legislatures because in the crisis mode, they were they took upon themselves dictatorial power, just like many governors, and they changed by fiat election laws. Well, that leads to, and then, of course, when judges came along and said, no, you can't do that. Well, the election's over. Nothing we can do about it. Now, it's no secret by now, Democrats love rigging, rigging elections in their favor. By the way, this isn't really brand new. This has been, I mean, if, if you trace this back in 1920s, 1930s, this was already taking place in many areas where um, elections were being rigged to a certain degree. During the 2016 contents, agencies such as the Department of Justice and FBI willingly partook in Hillary Clinton campaign-funded operation to convince the American public that Donald Trump colluded with Vladimir Putin and the Russian government to steal the election. The FBI just didn't launch an investigation to Trump based on the uncorroborated intelligence. It used Clinton-funded steel dossier re- obtained by a FISA warrant to spy on his campaign. In other words, they were working on election interference using... Using our agencies, using our intelligence agencies uh, to give an upper hand to Hillary Clinton. These kind of nefarious activities continued into the 2020 election in which these agencies, along with the CIA, worked overtime to discredit damaging reporting about the then candidate Joe Biden. In other words, they worked against Trump and for Biden. Now, that's rigging an election. They are. There was already a report that up to 10% of people who supposedly voted for Joe Biden would not have done so if they knew that the Hunter Biden laptop and the information on it was legitimate. 10% would have turned the election largely. These departments even went so far as to pressure big tech platforms in the months leading up to the election to censor information, like the Hunter Biden laptop story. Like clockwork, these companies acquiesced. Well... When you got the CIA and the FBI staring down your throat, suggesting highly that it was in your best interest to report these things, um, I could see why big tech companies might capitulate. And who could forget Meta CEO Zuckerberg, those Zuckerbucks, flooded local election offices in key battleground states to change how elections were administered and effectively fund a Democrat get-out-the-vote operation. In other words, they used Mark Zuckerberg's money to fund up the the get-out-the-vote operations. In other words, big money, along with mm, intelligence agencies, along with the also-willing media, um, worked in uh, cooperation and in concert to try to push one candidate forward and suppress another. Now, you might say, well, I don't know about that's exactly illegal, but it is rigging an election. You are controlling... The, the finances, you're controlling the information, you're controlling intel agencies, and you're, you're persecuting those that you want to lose, and you're covering for those you want to win. That would be called election rigging. 
Now, as the country hurdles towards another intense presidential election, Democrats are once again putting their feet on the electoral scale to rig the contest in their favor. Well, let's see how. Well, number one, the FBI is targeting conservatives. Another facet of so-called law enforcement agencies' election interference is their blatant targeting of conservatives. With the past few years, the FBI has been caught directing its its fire at parents attending school board meetings, Catholics who attend Latin Mass, innocent pro-lifers, to name a few. Given these actions, it wasn't shocking when Newsweek reported on Wednesday that the agency is gearing up to a sing, to single out supporters of former President Donald Trump as domestic terrorist ahead of the 2024 contest. As the Federalist Jordan Boyd reported, testimony from more than a dozen current and former government officials who specialize in terrorism to Newsweek confirm that this increase in targeting was born out of the FBI's decision to lump Trump supporters into its expanded definition of domestic extremism. In other words, MAGA people. If we can put pressure on MAGA people and make them afraid, then maybe, just maybe, we will suppress their exuberance and their ability to vote for uh, Donald Trump. Number two, protecting Joe Biden, former business associates, IRS and FBI whistleblowers, bank records, text mails, emails, reporting from highly credible informants, and even President Joe Biden himself have all corroborated different aspects of the latter's involvement in his family's corrupt business ventures. But according to Democrats and their legacy media allies, this is just evidence of a father's love for his son. <laughs> Oh, gosh, that had been the Trump family. They'd be burning it down. From the moment mountains of evidence began piling up, implicating Biden and playing a major role in his family's international influence peddling scheme, Democrats have done all they can to hide, excuse, and obfuscate the massive scandal surrounding the sitting president with the help from the DOJ, which almost got away with offering Biden's son a sweetheart plea agreement to evade further criminal char- future criminal charges and has routine hinderedly invested investigative effort into the Bidens. These acts represent a clear attempt by Democrats to hide the damning information about a sitting president from the American public ahead of the 2024 election. Remember when the 50 uh, the 50 uh, intelligence agencies officials signed a letter uh, ahead of the Trump Biden um, debate in which they said that. The laptop was Russian disinformation. Well, that's election interference. You're you're you are controlling the flow of information using. Listen, the media is free to do what it wants. They can lie, cheat, steal, whatever else. But they're using the FBI and other agencies to cover for people. So next, the indictments of your adversary, the Trump indictments. When you indict, when you go after, when you try to, when you try to limit the ability of your, your counterpart. Remember, remember how mad they were that Trump talked to Zelensky about possible. Like you should look into what Biden was doing in Ukraine because it was really, really, really corrupt. And then they went crazy. He's targeting, he's targeting his political rival. That's that's un-American. And yet, all we've had is indictment after indictment by Joe Biden's. Joe Biden's uh, Department of Justice working with local prosecutors in Democrat cities to bring accusations and indictments against Trump. Why? To tie him up, to try to make it so he is ineffective at running against Joe Biden or whatever Democrat. That's called election interference. 
Who needs free and fair elections when you can just throw your little political opponents behind bars? Ahead of a major election spanning four separate cases and 91 felony counts, the DOJ and leftist prosecutors' seemingly coordinated efforts to imprison Trump could not represent a most more obvious attempt to interfere in the election process. There is no more clear evidence than all of these indictments. Well, you're the criminal. You don't even know what Trump did. He thought, yeah, of course, you know, never, never had an indictment, never had an accusation. I mean, never had none of this stuff happened before he ran for president. Nothing about his businesses, no IRS, you know, findings of of uh, of uh, illegal activity, any of this stuff. And all of a sudden he is all of a sudden he's John Gotti, Jr. All of a sudden he's the most corrupt man you ever met. Most investigated man in U.S. history and yet has come this far without indictment, and yet the more corrupt people, such as Joe Biden and his family, walk scot-free. No investigations, no indictments. I love it when Obama came out and said, my presidency was scandal-free. That's because you have a media that was complicit, and you have intelligence agencies that were complicit in making sure you didn't have any scandals. Zuckerbox 2.0, we're going to talk about money. While 25 states passed legislation banning or restricting the use of Zuckbucks in elections, and that's that's basically saying that Mark Zuckerberg cannot go into all of these states with exorbitant amounts of money to influence the voting machine in order to uh, fund these nonprofits and these people who get do the good get out of vote event. Basically, you're buying votes. Banning or restricting the use of Zuckbucks in elections that hasn't stopped nonprofits like the Center for Tech in Civic Life one of Zuckerberg's funded groups that meddled in the 2020 election from attempting to replicate their 2020 strategy for future elections. Last year, CTCL and other left-wing groups launched the U.S. Alliance for Election Excellence, an 80-million venture designed to systematically influence every aspect of election administration. Now, this isn't just, you you know, buying ads on TV. This is actually influencing the administration of the votes in advanced Democrat-backed voting policies in local election offices. Through the use of scholarships and low entrance fees, the coalition seeks to make the 2020 private hijacking of election offices look like child's play. In other words, Zuckerberg did that. They did a lot in 2020. But now they're spreading. It was so effective. They're trying to spread this to every state to where they actually influence the administrative, um, the election administrative, how elections are done how elections are ran in certain areas. And then, of course, we have big tech censorship. It's not surprising the same agencies that pushed big tech platforms to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story ahead of the 2020 election would continue their censorship practices years later. You know, a judge actually had to come and say that it was illegal, unconstitutional for the Biden administration to be co-opting co-opting these tech agencies and these big tech organizations um, to do their bidding. And they're still doing it anyway. As indicated in several federal court rulings, the Biden administration has been very actively colluding with social media giants like Facebook to suppress commentary and facts posted online, and it claims are examples of misinformation. Equally alarming is that in spite of those rulings, barring such authoritarian behavior, the administration has continued to appeal the decisions to regain the power to stifle speech online. You know, when you're coming to a place where you want to stifle the speech, opposition speech, 
we're full-blown Marxism. We're, we're, we're full-blown communism. Listen, this country has never been closer, and I'm closer than McCarthy and McCarthyism, closer to that time, has never been as close to actually losing our country to a, to a pseudo-Marxist, a, a, a soft Marxist, going to hard Marxism, than we are now. You would have never thought there'd been a time that people could stifle speech, throw their enemies in prison, their political enemies, use the power of the intelligence agencies to try to squash political opposition. I mean, this is right out of this is right out of Banana Republic, Hugo Chavez, right out of some 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 uh, South American, right out of some South American Banana Republic tactics. Equally alarming is, despite of these rulings, the administration is continually appealing decisions to regain the power to stifle speech. These actions don't even include the efforts undertaken by left-wing groups such as Vote.org, which have pressured big tech platforms to adopt plans to combat so-called election disinformation. Now, their definition of election disinformation is anything that would help a conservative and anything that would hurt, anything that would hurt a Democrat, a leftist commie, a progressive, anything that would harm them, they will stifle. And anything, whether it be false or not, that would damage a conservative, they will promote. That is uh, that is a modern-day banana republic. Passing election laws. Sometimes the only way to win the game is to change the rules in your favor. And that's exactly what Democrats have been doing to America's election laws. You know, I'm just going to tell you, We'll never probably, in our conscience at least, have a clear, clear confidence in our election unless we go back to same-day voting with a small amount of people being devoted in advance if it comes to, you know, soldiers or people who are injured or people who are, but very small amount, um, same-day voting. We need to have election day, not election season, and then um, election, uh, election ID. You know, the only reason that people say, say that, that, that requiring voter ID is suppressing votes is because there's only one reason you don't want voter ID is so you can cheat. There's not any other reason. I'm sorry, but everybody in America, minorities, everybody, people who are poor, rich, they all, people have IDs. They have state IDs. They get it for free. It is a lie. So after expanding insecure voting practices such as mass unsupervised mail-in voting and the use of ballot drop boxes during the 2020 election, Democrat-controlled state legislators have sought to enshrine these policies into law across the country. States such as New Mexico, Minnesota, and Michigan have adopted sloppy election procedures under the guise of democracy and so-called voting rights. In other words, if you're opposed to cheating, you are somehow an enemy of democracy and a advocate of voter suppression. And this, my friends, is the land we live in, but that's okay because Jesus is still on the throne. Until next time, this is Pastor Sean. May God richly bless you. We're the bad news. We're the young guns. We're the ones that they told you to run from. Yeah, the player's gonna play and the hater's gonna hate. 